Hello, and welcome to On Business with the Fun Guys. The key is not to be any bigger than what anybody else is, right? We're a team, and without the smallest piece in that team, I can't function. So I explained to them that uh, we've got 45 pieces of jigsaw. At the end of the day, we're all different shapes and sizes. And you probably think the biggest piece is me. But what I'm saying to you is, if I'm missing the smallest piece, I can't make it work. So this is our first full episode of the of the podcast. Uh, today, we're going to meet um, Mike Cochran, who is a sales leadership and team building coach. He works with business owners around the country. Uh, He's based in Kent now, but he is not from there. He's got a big, thick Scottish accent. It's beautiful to listen to. And we're going to talk about his career and some of the sort of key lessons he learned. Well, I'd like to say it's a really appropriate first episode because it mushroom. We aim to keep things simple and being able to, as he says, say it simple and often, is a sort of a key mantra we're going to get across um, through the series of these podcasts. I'm with uh, Louis today. So Louis, um, say hi. Hello, guys. Yeah. So Louis, you've just come to Mushroom. You work on the with the digital experience team. That's right. Yeah. So um, tell me a little bit about you before we get started. So I'm from a marketing background originally, and I came to come join Mushroom underneath the TLAM umbrella group. Um, and we're working with the digital experience team on trying to better the experience of the mushroom brand online. Yeah, great. Fantastic. Uh, and he's already been chipping in his feedback quite robustly, which is what we need. Uh, so we've been a bit delayed with the launch of the podcast, but now uh, I think we're in full swing of things, aren't we? Definitely. Yeah. So I think we should just not waste any more time and uh, let's get the feature running. Today, I'm with Mike Cochran, who is now a sales and leadership consultant specialising in helping SMEs get significant growth in their sales and problem solve for leaders and directors. Mike has spent over 30 years in the automotive industry, 20 of which included building his own multi-million pound business. Mike's primary aims and skills are in sales, marketing and leadership. As a successful businessman and one of the first in the automotive industry to achieve investors in people, it came as little surprise when Scottish Enterprise approached Mike and asked him to become one of the first business mentors in Scotland to help the SMU market grow and prosper. By agreeing to accept the position, Mike broadened his experience in a wide range of business sectors, which over the years has proven to be invaluable. And as I can say, I've met him on the networking circuit many times, and I have to say that every time I come away, I always learn something new. So, hi Mike. Ed, good to see you. Yeah, how you doing? I'm all right. Good. Yeah, things are okay. I think uh, the talk today is quite um, quite broad because obviously when we talk about sales, marketing and leadership, it's sometimes quite easy to go off and, and try and talk about quite broad topics. But actually, what I like about talking to you is you, you, you condense that down to, you know, the leader, the person that has taken that risk to start their business, is, is willing to go that extra mile, you know, beyond, you know, starting a job and actually build something that's meaningful um, and gets results. I think um, we should really start, though, with your story, because I think you you use sport as a, you know, as a big analogy into, into leadership, and, and I'm, I'm a big fan of that, and we'll mention a few, uh, we'll mention a few examples later. Um, 
And so it would be good just to even start from when you know you were a kid because you were really quite into support, right? Yeah, uh, um, I was one of the first. Uh, well, I was I was uh, one of the fastest sprinters in Scotland at the time, um, and that taught me to be very focused and driven uh, on winning. Um, there was absolutely no point in me going down onto the blocks and wondering about who was actually who I was up against because that would mean I wasn't focused. So all I was focused on was breaking the tape. If I didn't break the tape, I didn't win. So what was the point of me being in the race? I then became uh, the anchor leg in the relay team. And uh, that was a little bit about teamwork, but as I said earlier, uh, it'd be fair to say that it was still about me because I brought the tape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was it was very much it was all about me initially, and then it was all about us as a team. When I became captain of rugby, that was awesome. That was fifteen people, all with completely different skill sets. Yeah. And it was to try and bring all these skill sets together and focus on one end goal. Yeah? And we worked as a team. At the end of the day, we won as a team and we lost as a team. And uh, that taught me an awful lot. An awful lot. And I think one thing should be an obvious statement right now is that sport often has a simple aim, right? You win or lose, or you win and you know, win or don't win. Business is obviously more complicated than that because you have so many different facets. Well, Ed, I'm going to stop you on that, okay? Okay. I'm definitely going to stop you on that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I was just going to say, I was going to say, actually, well, this will be the theme going forward, but actually, you know, going back to sport is the really important thing to focus back to because at the end of the day, probably what you're about to say <laughs> is that I'm wrong. <laughs> Well, the good news is you are. <laughs> <laughs> the fact of the matter is uh, there's a lot of people that are wrong. There's a lot of people who uh, are making things more complicated than what it is. Um, if you keep it simple, and I know that people say to me, you know, kiss is old hat. Well, guess what? It's not. At the end of the day, if you keep it simple, stupid, the chances are the people that you're actually speaking to internally and externally will understand what you're talking about. I get fed up these days um, listening to the so-called gurus um, who stand up and tell you that they're experts. Um, and they talk in a different language to the audience that they serve whether that's speaking or whether that's to, to prospects and clients in a business. Um, something to say, say it well, say it often, and you'll succeed. I like that. I like that line. When we go from school mm -hmm. to car sales, that wasn't the direct route, was it? So you started... 
you know, you started from very, very humble beginnings in the working world. Is that correct? I didn't start in humble beginnings. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I started as a car cleaner. <laughs> that's, that's not humble beginnings. That's learning the ropes. Yeah, you know? I like that. Um, yeah, I started as a car cleaner. Uh, I was fortunate enough uh, to use my eyes, my ears and my mouth in the ratio I was born with. So I observed the best and I listened very carefully to the best and I used the best of the best and I dumped whatever it was that wasn't good. Um, so I was lucky. I, 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 I became a trainee salesman. I'll never forget, I'm sure we talked about this, there was some poor chap that turned up in an NSU Prince. Okay? <laughs> now an NSU Prince has a Vankel engine and uh, put it this way, it's not something you really want to have, mm -hmm. okay? Um, and this, this person arrived at the dealership one day and all the salesmen scattered. They all ran away. And Muggins stood there and welcomed. You stood there as a car cleaner, right? No, no, I was, I was, a, I was a training salesman. You were a training salesman, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd gone up the ladder by that stage. <laughs> How many yeah. rungs? Two? One? Probably one, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, in any case, the, the, the person came in, and um, I obviously looked after them, and uh, eventually took them out for a run in the car. And we went out for a run in the car, and at the end of the day, as we came back, I said, um, "So, would I be right in saying this is exactly what you're looking for?" And he said, "Yeah." He said, "I really like it." I said, "Brilliant." So. We'll just get the paperwork sorted out. Then, when would you like to take delivery? And he said, as soon as you can. I said, brilliant. That was it. So I came back. I did all the paperwork. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't have to discount the car at all. Yeah. Um, and he went away. It's brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. So he went away, and all the salesmen suddenly came to the fore, and they they saw that I had an order. And they went, wait, how did you get an order? I said, what are you talking about? They said, well, he, he had that NSU Prince. How did you, how did you value that? I mean, that? how bad were these cars? They were, they were something you definitely didn't want. <laughs> like, how bad? No, like, they're, what's, they're, what's a modern equivalent they now? They were very bad. I wouldn't... Um, mm, no, you see... We don't have anything as bad as that. <laughs> so, so, so in any case, um, he said, how do you value that? And who helped you to value that? I said, what are you talking about? And I said, well, how did you, you obviously you traded that in. I said, no, I didn't. He said, well, what do you mean you didn't? I said, oh, you think he owned that, don't you? And they went, yeah. I said, no, he didn't. He borrowed it. Didn't have a car. He came in just to buy a car. So they'd scattered because they really thought, wow, this is not good news, it's an NSU Prince, nobody will be able to buy it, value it. And just because I was naive, yeah, I, I sat there and just decided that they were going to buy it. I never even thought about his NSU Prince. <laughs> so, yeah. Let's all that process of going to you know being a director of a pretty pretty big car dealership well basically what happens 
what, what happened to me was I took, I, I just went up the steps, went up the ladder, right? So I, I, because I'd listened very carefully to people and because I observed people very well, actively listened to them, um, it meant that I became the best in the dealership. So I was, I was the top salesman. Um, there was no rocket science as to how I got there. It's just I used my ears and I used my eyes. Simple. Um, again, going back to Kiss. <laughs> so um, I then became sales manager because they thought, well, he's a top salesman, so why don't we get him to be the sales manager? And this is where things go wrong in business generally. But I was lucky because I was in, you know, sport. I learned so much from sport that, yeah, they wanted me to mini clone me with four or five people that were in there, yeah, which was fine. What I didn't understand was I was earning less as a sales manager as I was just selling. So that didn't make a lot of sense. Now I became sales marketing director, and after that, it's fair to say that we had a. How can I put it? A difference of opinion? Something mm-hmm. like that? Um, and I was given a year in which to buy one of the dealerships. Um, the only one that I could afford was the one that was losing six figures. <laughs> <laughs> so I went around all the banks and uh, it, yeah, I went around all the banks and I said, uh, I'm your man. Here's my plan. <laughs> it was on that little sort of card thing that I've got in my hand. That was my deep financial plan. Yeah. Um, and of course, they all told me, you know, the door is over there, just shut yeah. it on the way out. Uh, but it's true, you know, life's not easy. Mm. If you really want something, mm. you don't give up, you just keep going. Every time that you hit a closed door, yeah, and that slams in your face, you're one step closer to one that's going to bloody well open for you. All you got to do is do it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. Clydesdale, so how many banks? Clydesdale Bank, bless the little cotton socks. Uh, they they backed me. Uh, God knows why. I mean, hell. It was losing six figures in these <laughs> days. That was back in 81. That's a lot of money. That was a lot of money. A right? lot of money. Yeah. So um, if anybody said, did I blag it? The answer to that is, although I'm my authentic self and I don't believe in blagging, I suppose they might have thought I was blagging it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I went into this dealership and it had 45 people or thereabouts. Uh, and it was completely dysfunctional then. Do you know, the funny thing is, your business is all about, I'm not sure that I'm allowed to say this, but it's all about where the fuck are we trying? Yeah? <laughs> yeah, 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 no, no, I, I feel you. <laughs> okay. Uh, so my team of 45 people were in a mushroom factory. Hey. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they came to work because they had to come to work. They came to work because they had to put bread on the table. Um, they all had different agendas. Mm. 
Um, and my job was very simplistic, and that was I had to explain to them in clear syllables that we were completely dysfunctional, we were losing six figures, and if we didn't turn the place around in 12 months, we're all out of a job. Hey ho. <laughs> we had to get on to the same page. That's why in sport, these managers are successful. Mm. The key is to get everybody to come in and come on the same page. The key is not to be any bigger than what anybody else is, right? We're a team, and without the smallest piece in that team, I can't function. So I explained to them that uh, we've got 45 pieces of jigsaw. At the end of the day, we're all different shapes and sizes. And you probably think the biggest piece is me. But what I'm saying to you is, if I'm missing the smallest piece, I can't make it work. I like that. It's like you're thinking the, the rugby pitch again, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, in business, I think, as I say, and I cannot overemphasize this, just keep things simple. There is no point in standing before 40, 50, 500 people and giving them a whole lot of gobbledygook. You know, they, they might look at you and think, my, my, you know, this guy's really well educated. They might. Um, I, pref I prefer to keep it simple. So I always do things in threes. Well, not in everything, but <laughs> in business, I do things in threes. <laughs> so the first thing that I said to them was that we need to ensure that we offer products and services second to none. And in business, as far as I'm concerned, I don't care what your business is. You need to be able to go out there and your people need to believe this. Your clients need to believe this. Your prospects need to believe this. That you've got products and services second to none. Now, we actually sold Ford motor cars. You could buy a Ford motor car anywhere. So from a product point of view, I wasn't standing out from the crowd. But what stood me out from the crowd was my team. That's what stood me out from the crowd. Because my team was on the same page. My team knew that we were there, we had a goal, and we had fun. You know, we celebrated. My people were so important to me. That's the key in any business, people. So, Products and services second to none. Never over-promise and under-deliver. Always ensure that you over-deliver. Always ensure you over-deliver. Um, and always remember, I don't pay the wages. Yeah? It's the customer, it's the client that pays the wages. So look after them royally. And guess what? They'll look after us. Go to it. Let's go. End of. That was it. Make sense? Perfect sense. Of course it's clear. But it's but it's not though, is it? Because so many businesses don't do that. They, you know, I've, I've met business owners that feel like they need to demand respect because they're paying people's living. And you know, the, what you were describing about you know an an employer paying the wages. That's not the case. It. You're right. It's the client. And I think uh, leadership. Ed, is yeah. everything. 
Yeah. Um, you and I have talked about this before, but when Alan Fox, who was the managing director of Iveco Ford Truck, landed, I was sitting, I was in my boardroom doing mm. some work, and uh, I heard this chopper going over the over the boardroom, and I thought, "Wow, that's pretty close." So I came out, and this chopper decided to land in my car compound that had just been finished. Unfortunately, it would be fair to say that the builder had gone away with the key for the padlock and he'd locked it. Mm. And this helicopter landed in it and out stepped Alan Fox, who was the managing director of a Baker Ford truck. Because we also, by that stage, because we wanted another challenge, had an Iveco Ford truck dealership. So, so Alan. It was quite funny because I was on one side of the fence and he was on the other, and, and you know, he could have had a good skit on it. But um, how am I going to get him out of there? You can't, you can't just hop into his helicopter and bring it across again because I, I, you know, I need to get I need to get him out of there. So we cut the the wire and, let, and um, we let him out. He taught me a valuable lesson in leadership because I said to him, Alan. Hell, it's great to see you, yeah? I said, this is unexpected. I'm thinking, why is he coming to see me? Yeah. Um, and I said to him, do you want to come into the boardroom and we'll, we'll have a coffee and have a chat? And he said, Mike, I'll tell you what I'd like to do first. I said, what's that? He said, I'd like to go into your truck workshop and I want to shake the hands of every single truck technician and thank them for the job that they do. That is leadership. So, Louis, uh, what did you think of that so far? I thought the way that he presented his ideas was amazing. He's a great storyteller. And um, I was really interested in the part where he was saying stuff about the team being the differentiator, um, stuff about saying that actually the product was the same. However, him and his team working together um, really created the difference um, in terms of sales. Yeah, I think I think that's actually that was really quite cool because I mean, when you're in car dealerships, you know the, the product's pretty set for you, so, <laughs> so you don't have much choice. So. It's pretty samey throughout. Yeah, yeah, and um, I thought the other story though was the story of the guy flying in from Iveco Ford, shaking everyone's hands. Uh, I mean, that is a really really great anecdote to, to describe sort of how leadership can be done well. I think it sounds. I mean, imagine if you were just a you know just as a wrong word but imagine if you were a, a, a mechanic in, in this in a, in a dealership fixing a car and this the, the managing director of, of that company you know, the company you're working with comes and makes goes out of his way to say thank you it must feel pretty empowering as a as an employee and a member of a team i can definitely confirm that i mean when i've worked as part of teams it's very empowering when your boss actually comes to you and says actually thank you very much because this is the impact of what you've had and it also makes you want to try harder i think when an employee wants to try hard um, for their boss, it, it's always good. So you're saying I've got to give you more stuff to do and empower you a bit more? you just got to say thank you more often. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the other part to this uh, section normally in the episodes is that we will put in some uh, business news that we think is relevant to small and uh, medium-sized enterprise owners. So we might cover a little bit of currency, um, particularly for manufacturing clients who have to think about these things, uh, but also investment news, general some things that are going on in, in the economy that may be worth you thinking about. Again, things like business rates and budgets. Uh, we, we've looked at Brexit, but I think there's so much of the news, news and noise 
out there and things change so quickly that I only think unless there's a sort of a matter of urgency uh, we'll talk about something that may be relevant so we've we are now looking at exporting so we have a few clients that are that, are, that export quite heavily to the European Union so when we sort of really have a final idea of of what those um, what those requirements are uh, we'll, we'll make that you know we'll make that known through the podcast but we we know when we talk to our clients obviously independently they don't need to hear us through here <laughs> so um but yeah we, we, we might cover that stuff too uh the and the other part is actually we just we we have a bit of product news as well so let's just kick that off so uh, we have a virtual assistant service and um at the end of the second section uh to this podcast uh after mike's finished who's your business hero in terms of leaders no, no. Actually, to be honest, I don't. I don't look. At, I don't look up to anyone, from my point of view. Um, you know, people say to me about Richard Branson. I say Richard Branson is of my era. Uh, at the end of the day, virtually everything that he said and did as a as a leader is exactly what I did. The difference is that Richard Branson is a lot more successful than what I ever was. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't look up to anyone as being the ultimate uh, leader. It's maybe a false premise, isn't it, really? Because if you're, if you're looking to be like someone, an emulation isn't the way to drive success. To drive success is to do the things you're talking about, right? So Yeah, I mean, from, from my point of view, every day is a learning day. Yeah. A day without learning is a day without living. I listen to, even even now, I listen to a whole lot of uh, webinars and things like that. I learn from others. You learn from the best and you leave the rest. Um, the problem that we have as motivational speakers or inspirational speakers, whatever you want to call us, um, is that we've got all the energy when we're on the stage. We have everybody taking notes, everybody taking photographs. You know that you've got them completely engaged. Yeah? Mm. So you think that when they go away, they're going to take action. But then when you follow that up in a few weeks' time, they don't take action. You know, phone up and say, Hi, Ed. Yeah? Um, just give me a quick call just to see what your thoughts were with regard to our presentation two weeks ago. And you go, oh, it was awesome. And you say, brilliant. And um, so what have you done? All these things that we gave you to go away and do, what have you done? And you turn around and go, well, uh, actually, um, I haven't done anything, Mike. Well, why have you not done anything? Well, you know what, you know, the cat was sick, the dog was sick, whatever. There's always something pathetic that comes out, yeah? yeah? I just want these people to, I mean, why, why do they, t time management is what everybody goes on about. Why do they waste their time coming to listen to us? They're coming to listen, I think. They're coming to learn think we give them all these things to take away and implement but then they don't do anything about it so what's that all about yeah it doesn't make sense 
They've just wasted a day in their life. So I want these people to actually go there, listen, learn, assess, and act. Uh, at the end of the day, there'll be lots of stuff that we talk about that will be very meaningful to them and will make a, a big difference to their results if they implement them. There'll be other stuff that, frankly, is not of interest to them, but it's probably interest to the person that was sitting next to them. Does that make sense? It makes sense. So, from, from that, that's what I keep on saying. In business, we can learn so much from sport. When I'm doing my motivational talks, one of them was on, believe it or not, Man U. But what I did was I have a slide up, and on that it's got the various different managers that are there. Oh, yeah, see, I saw. You just, we've got... Um, let's just go through them for fun, because we can make a, a couple of football... Um, Sorry. A couple of football jokes. I don't know what it's... No, I've, I've got it here. Sorry, no. We we we've got these these this, these this stuff spread across the table. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've got we've got Sir Alex Ferguson. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, we've got David Moyes. Yeah. Now the first time that I heard David Moyes talk, I wanted to get a bloody telephone number for him because I thought, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. He was on the radio saying, "We will try." When did Man U ever try? Man U just do. Yeah. And and you know, he was he was bound to fail. Yeah. And what what possessed him to get rid of all the backroom staff and bring his own team in was just madness. It's almost like he's looking for security straight away, isn't he? He's not Correct. ready to jump into the deep end and take on a bigger challenge. Because obviously he was a really good manager at uh, Everton, you know, he did an amazing job with Everton. Everton were consistently in the top ten under his under his tenure, right. and then obviously he goes to Man U and it all blows up in his, his face. But when you go into a business or when you go into a club, you don't go in there and just suddenly carve it all up. You know, I've had various people have said to me in the past, "What would you do?" Because I'm going into this business, and I'm saying, "Just take your time. Just go in there and take your time." Go in there and assess the situation, have your two ears working and your two eyes working and your mouth in the right ratio, right? Seriously, yeah? Ask, ask questions, actively listen, and just observe. And then when the time's right, we'll be able to find out whether we're gonna make some changes. But you don't just go into somebody like Man U and say, right, these guys are out, these guys are in. I mean, madness. So, yeah, sorry, but he was about to fail. Just so we can point our listeners to uh, the talks and events and webinars you do, um, just give us a, a brief um, a brief sort of outline of your webinars and talks. Well, the webinars are probably going to be done monthly. Uh, at the moment, it's very much based on education, education, education. Um, we've got no intention of deviating in that. The purpose of the exercise is to stand out from the crowd and be completely different. So I'm not looking for people to unzip their wallets and um, get the credit cards out. Hey, at the end of the day, what I'm saying is I've got a limited time on the planet. Yeah. I've got a lot that I want to help. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy for people to speak to me if they want 
to be motivated or inspired to achieve the goals that they want to achieve. Simple. Well, Mike, I think you inspire some of our listeners. So have a great, um, a great holiday. I know you're going holiday at the moment. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, we'll, well, good best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. So yes. Ed, what's new with Mushroom? Well, not too much at the moment. There's going to be some exciting stuff going through to the end of the year. But at the moment, uh, we are actually running a, an autumn campaign where we're offering you guys a chance to use us for free through our virtual assistant service. So Mushroom does, if you haven't listened to the previous podcast or been on our website, every sort of back office service you might need, whether it's accounting and finance to HR to legal and compliance, things like privacy as well. And when you're small, you, know, you don't have the benefit of all the different departments, but you have uh, you might have access to sort of a friend or an admin or a PA that might do a lot of this stuff for you. Mushroom works in a very similar way. So we have virtual assistants that can do that sort of work, but because we have a large pool of experts, we can pull those guys in to basically give you a really, really slick solution at a very, very uh, low cost when you're just starting out. You can actually use that person's time, a little bit of that time for free, and that can include help with anything from uh, doing some work on your e-commerce platform, LinkedIn profiles, looking at a document or doing a document sort of review to fixing up a spreadsheet, anything you can almost think of that doesn't take a lot of time. You can go through the link at the bottom of our podcast description on whichever uh, podcast uh, platform you're using and you can go through and find out more. So that's everything for this week. The next week, we will have Jane to discuss commercial leases and that should be quite a fun one. She is my sister. Uh, and I think I make a joke about wh why we chose her pretty early on, but it'll be a really good one. Actually, she's a, she's a real expert at, at this stuff. So if you're renting a commercial unit or you're looking at renting one, have a listen to this beforehand and you'll be clued up and we'll see you next week.